Greetings, friends, fellow patriots, and fellow citizens, and welcome to this uh, week's edition of the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski, and I'm the president of the We the People Convention, and this podcast is brought to you thanks to the very generous donors to the We the People Convention, who pay for the production of this podcast and the distribution of it, as well as for all of our operational expenses, which includes the text messages that I send out to you, the emails, um, you know, the uh, social media posts, all the things that we do, like mailings and, and putting on events and things of that nature. So we thank our donors to the We The People Convention, but we also thank you, even if you're not a donor, for listening to this podcast, watching this podcast, and joining in our fight to protect and defend our individual liberty, freedom, and prosperity, and our American values, and our Constitution, and the American way of life. This uh, show, this podcast, is a weekly news summary show. My goal is to try to bring you up to speed on what's going on in our world today that affects you directly, to filter out all the noise, all the bright, shiny objects, all the nonsense, all the propaganda, and try to just drill down on things that are actually important and bring you some insights into those things that maybe you're not hearing from other sources. So welcome to all of you who have tuned in, and we uh, we thank you for doing that. We hope you will share this podcast with others, and um, and and hopefully they will join us as well in, in acting, because in our podcast, we don't just talk about what's going on. We actually make plans and take action to do things about what's happening. And so you will hear during this podcast me suggest that you take certain actions. And this doesn't work unless you do that, because no one is going to save America but us, we the people. Uh, you know, you can have great leaders like Donald Trump, but, you, you know, they are not the ones who are actually fighting the fight. You are the ones fighting the fight. You and I are, are taking steps every day to you know, fight back against the encroachment of communism into our culture and, and really into this, this Marxist ideology that's trying to tear us apart and destroy us with lies. And we're going to talk a lot about that in, in this week's podcast. So, uh, you know, be ready to, to take some notes and to, to be able to follow up on that. So that's what this podcast is about. I hope you'll appreciate the show that we put together for you this week and that you will indeed take action to protect and defend our your own freedom and liberty and prosperity. Okay, so let's get started with the, the events of the week. Obviously, a big deal is what's going on with the uh, war in the Middle East between Israel and Hamas, which is in fact a, a group that is sponsored by Iran. Uh, there was a ceasefire called this week uh, to uh, you know, bring that fighting to an end. And despite you know, the Biden administration's attempts to try to take some credit for it, they had nothing to do with the ceasefire. It was brokered by Egypt. Uh, in fact, the Biden administration has direct responsibility for Hamas taking the action that they took. Basically, they sense weakness. The Iranians sense weakness in the Obama and the uh, the Biden administration, the O Biden administration, and um, and so they're acting. And you know, you can bet that they never would have done this uh, with Donald Trump as president. What you've also seen is the stoking of anti-Semitic, uh, anti-Jewish feelings 
in the United States from the Biden administration, from Democrat, socialist, communist, anti-Israel, you know, uh, pro-Palestinian, pro-Iranian forces uh, like the squad in the House and like Joe Biden, who uh, basically, you know, did not step up to defend Israel, uh, you know, was very timid in that. He, in fact, gave money that Hamas could use to wage this war. He's lifted sanctions against Iran, who is sponsoring this war. And, um, and so this is what you get when you, uh, you know, when you allow someone like Joe Biden and the, the radical left to take over uh, control of our government. That's what we got. We got war in the Middle East after Donald Trump was the first president in this half, in this century, in the last hundred years to not take us into a war. Yeah, Joe Biden, you know, we had a war starting within 100 days or 120 days of Joe Biden taking office. And, and you know, you're, you're hearing all these stories about uh, anti-Semitism growing around the world and around the United States. And there is evidence for that. People are just beating up people who are Jewish and quite frankly, they're doing this to Chinese people as well or Asian people who are American citizens. And it's disgusting. But the problem is that, you know, they try to blame it on white nationalists and white supremacists. But the fact of the matter is this is all happening in blue cities like New York, like Los Angeles, like San Francisco. That's not where the white nationalists are, folks. That's where the Antifa and anti-American radical leftists are. And so uh, you're, they're trying to hang, again, everything that they do. Remember, this is what Saul Linsky taught. Always accuse your enemies of what you're doing. Everything you hear the left accuse you of doing, you can mark it down that they're doing it. When they call you a racist, they're the racist. When they accuse you of being an anti-Semite, they're the anti-Semites. It's, it's taught to them. This is what Saul Linsky taught them in Rules for Radical. That's what Hillary Clinton and, and Barack Obama have done for their whole lives, is follow this, this book that's intended to destroy American society. So just know that's what's going on. And, 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 you know, they're responsible for this. And, you know, they did action, you know, this week. I should mention this too. So, you know, we just had Russian hackers stop a pipeline, a major pipeline that supplies gasoline along the whole East Coast and Southern tier of our nation. You'll have to pay a ransom to Russian hackers to get it turned back online. And what did Joe Biden do this week? Well, you know, he went and and uh, took off an executive order that Donald Trump had written that would stopping a pipeline that's built being built from Russia to Germany so that Russia could supply natural gas to Germany in the past Russia has used the dependence on them for gas and oil because that's really all they've got to basically change policy in Germany and France and, and other countries like Ukraine. The Poles have stood up against this. And when we became you know, uh, self-reliant from an energy standpoint, we were exporting liquefied natural gas to these countries like Lithuania and Poland. Joe Biden just lifted the sanctions on this pipeline, which undermines our national security. So he's helping the Russians. He's creating Russian jobs, but he stopped the XL pipeline, which stopped U.S. jobs. Whose side is he on? I think it's pretty clear. 
He's the un-American, you know, quote unquote, you know, illegal president. All right. He, he's just, you know, he's not for you. It's America last under these people. And that's what we're fighting. And that's why we've got to continue to fight to protect and defend our individual freedom and liberty and prosperity. Okay. So I want to get those things, uh, you know, out there first and foremost, so you understand what's going on and, and, and call it for what it is. Uh, the bottom line is Israel had every right to defend themselves. They were attacked. And yes, more Palestinians got killed than, than Israelis because the Israelis have better technology because we provided them with this, uh, you know, this missile defense system called the Iron Dome. The Palestinians don't have that. They started the war. Israel finished it. More Palestinians died. It's their fault. It's not Israel's fault. And anyone who tells you any different is a liar and an anti-Semite and they're anti-American because Israel is our greatest ally in the Middle East. All right. So the next thing I want to talk to you about is perspective. And I've talked to you about this before, but I'm really this week. It just got to me how difficult it is for you and I to maintain perspective. Now, Tucker Carlson has been doing a great job of talking about things that people don't want to talk about. He's talking about the number of people dying from the COVID vaccine. He's talking about critical race theory and how it's infiltrating our military and our schools. He's doing a good job in that. But you still need to maintain perspective because the news, remember this, the news doesn't report the ordinary. They only report the extremes, okay? They don't report that, you know, I don't know, 500,000 people drove to work in Cleveland, Ohio this week and, and didn't get in an accident. They report the one person that did get in an accident. And you've got to be careful if you don't keep that in mind because they're never going to remind you. Because if it bleeds, it leads, and they're looking for clicks. And Tucker Carlson's no difference. Now, he's, he's winning the ratings wars because he's got a lot of red meat. But you can't let that make you think that what he's telling you is omnipresent, okay? And he did a thing that was pretty pretty tough this week. I'm going to just show you a really short clip. He had this like 10-year-old boy on who was pleading at his school board meeting in Florida to get rid of the mass mandates. Here's a short clip about that. I should too. I have allergies, and I feel really anxious with my face covered. But I'm not allowed a mass break like her. It seems unfair. All this seems unfair, and it doesn't make sense. I miss seeing people's face. I miss the way things used to be. I'm scared they'll never go back to normal. Breathing freely doesn't seem like something we should have to ask any other people for permission for. Okay, so that was great. It's a young, you know, very articulate 10-year-old making his case why you know, he, he shouldn't have to wear a mask in school. That's great, okay? But then Tucker Carlson, you know, had all these other people on and this guy from Seattle talking about schools doing critical race theory and all that. Keep your perspective. It's not as big as they're telling you. And, and, and on this show, I try to give you perspective. Last week, you know, I did this article that we talked about, about colleges, right? And it said, you know, if your college demands students get vaccinated, do this instead. This is a very popular article. Thousands of you read it. If you haven't read it, go to wethepeopleconvention.org. If you didn't know about it, make sure you sign up to get our emails 
and our text messages. The text messages are important because that works better than email. So right on our front page, you can give me your email and text messages. This story got picked up by uh, townhall.com and got some national exposure. And there's a video as well as the article. But I want to focus on one important thing in that article. I That article starts by saying that the New York Times did a poll or did a survey of colleges and found that a 100 colleges were going to force students to get vaccinated by next fall in order to take classes on campus. And they made it seem like every college was making you do that. And I pointed out in the article that there's 4,000 colleges and a 100 of them is 2.5%. That means that 97.5% of the colleges aren't requiring students to wear, to get vaccinated. And then I talk about that you shouldn't get vaccinated. And if your college says you should get vaccinated, stick, sit out a year, withhold your tuition, and they'll change your mind. And then while you're doing that, study for the CLEP exams and get those credits, that year's worth of credits, for, for like a couple hundred dollars in CLEP exams instead of paying them tuition. And I talked about going to trade school. It's a great article. I enjoyed writing it. People really react to it. But here's the point. We've got to keep perspective, okay? So when Tucker Carlson did the thing about Seattle, he had the reporter from Seattle on, and the guy pointed out that one school south of Seattle had these woke, crazy, you know, uh, critical race theory, 1619 theory ideas. But he didn't tell you about all the schools in that area. In our county, where my Tea Party group is Portage County Tea Party in Portage County, Ohio, it's kind of between Akron and Youngstown, southeast of of Cleveland. We have 12 school districts. Like all of you, we've been going and trying to find out if they're teaching critical race theory. Out of the 12, we've only found one. And of course, it's Kent City Schools because they're in the People's Republic of Kent, where Kent State University is. Bunch of radical nut jobs. Okay, and so so we're fighting it, but that's not every school. So don't get fooled. Keep your perspective. Otherwise, it's going to drive you crazy. You're going to think the world's coming to an end. We're not losing. We're still in the majority. We're still winning. And, and you're going to see right now how people are going and, and fighting. You know, with the next segment, I'm going to talk about critical race theory and how we're fighting that. Okay. So now I want to talk to you about vaccines because, you know, a lot of stuff is going on here and, and you know, people are, are, are distressed about that, okay? The CDC, as I said last week, you know, they came out and said, you know, people who get vaccinated don't need to wear masks in most cases. And so that was, you know, a step in the right direction. But now we're concerned about, you know, people being uh, discriminating against those of us who choose not to get a vaccine, Okay. And so, you know, there's a lot of debate going on about that. And I'll talk about that. But what's interesting is, so they say, if you, if you haven't gotten vaccinated, you should still wear a mask. Well, a lot of us who haven't gotten vaccinated, we know that masks don't work and we haven't been wearing masks at all. So now there's all kinds of confusion because we're not wearing our masks because we don't believe in masks and we're not going to get vaccinated. And now that people who got vaccinated aren't wearing masks. So now they don't know who to stop. So it's causing all kinds of confusion. So then we got into what the retailers were doing. No masks for the vaccine? Well, a bunch of retailers are saying, you know, no, we, you know, we're going to keep doing this. Okay. 
we're going to keep doing this because they don't really know what to do. So who are they? Well, here's a list. You know, though the CDC announced on Thursday new mask guidelines for fully vaccinated Americans, which no longer requires them to wear coverings indoors, some retailers have come out and said they will continue to uphold the face mask requirement in their stores. Okay, so CVS, because they're given the COVID vaccines, they're they're not changing their policy. The Gap said that they're not changing their policy. Dollar General, Home Depot, Kroger's, Macy's, uh, Starbucks. Target, Walmart, and Walgreens. Okay, now some of them are saying they're still evaluating and there's going to be even more confusion because um, a lot of uh, the CDC made their statement, but like here in Ohio, our governor has made a statement that as of June 2nd, all the health department orders are, are now done. And so there is no mask requirements. There's no social distancing requirements. There's no requirements at all. Everybody can go to baseball games full attendance. So what are people going to do? Well, you know, I talked to some retailers and they said, we're going to start to follow, you know, this the CDC. You know, we're going to, we're going to, no, we're, we're following the CDC until the state thing comes in and then we'll follow the state. So the bottom line is it's going to be really, really confusing. Okay. And, and businesses are, are now, I've had a lot of questions from you about being an employee, all right? Because there's 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 laws, like there's federal laws that say, because remember, these vaccines are experimental. They haven't been, they've been approved by the FDA on an experimental basis. The testing for these vaccines aren't going to be done until 2023. It is against federal law to make you get a vaccine, for the government to make you get a vaccine that is an experimental drug. They don't have the right to do that. That's also why the the uh, pharmaceutical companies can't be liable for the deaths and bad reactions to the drugs because if, as an experimental drug and having emergency uh, authorization, they get protection from liability. So there's kind of a catch-22 going on there, okay? But the issue about employees is nowhere near as clear. And I've tried to get some information on that. Here's what I do know. Unlike big pharma or government, businesses that mandate COVID vaccines are liable for adverse reactions. Okay. Now, this is important to note. All right. Here's what it says from OSHA. Uh, you know, the, uh, OSHA is, you know, is a, the, you know, the safety in, you know, workplaces group. And they've said that, you know, there are guys who employees are, employers are, that if there is a, uh, you know, a, a, someone dies or has a bad reaction and you force them to get, you know, the, the, um, you force them to get a vaccine because of, uh, you know, of employment, then you are literally responsible. OSHA regulations now consider adverse effects to the COVID vaccine work related if employees, employers force employees to get vaccinated. Quote, if you require your employee to be vaccinated as a condition of employment, then any adverse reaction to the COVID-19 vaccine is work-related. The adverse re reaction is recordable if it is a new case under 29 CFR 1904.6. It meets one or more of the general recording criteria of 29 CFR 1904.7, basically saying that you could be sued by that employee and they're going to be, if they're off from workman's comp and stuff, you're going to be part of that. So, that's pretty important stuff. That's pretty important stuff.
But still, people keep pushing these vaccines, okay? And and, and we had in Ohio, you know, uh, there's a lot of publicity about the Ohio governor who, who put a lottery, a $5 million lottery for anybody that gets the vaccine, okay, that uh, they're going to have a drawing to see, you know, uh, to, of the people who get the vaccine to see who can win a million dollars. And they're going to do five of these drawings. Well, it's working. 28% increase in vaccinations because of this new policy. That's what, what's what became of it. Okay. And there's states, other states are looking to do this. Uh, Maryland, Maryland and New York are looking at to roll out similar type plans. So they're still pushing this. Okay. We are pushing in the other direction. We are trying to get, uh, you know, uh, states to uh, put forward a vaccine passport ban because we're afraid that if, if they're going to say you have to have a vaccine to go to a ball game or a concert or even to shop in your store, well, then that's not treating Americans equally. And we have laws that protect us to, to make decisions about our own health care, right? It's a liberty issue. And so we're trying to get these things passed. Unfortunately, Arizona just failed to pass a ban on vaccine passports. The measure, House Bill 2190, would have prohibited businesses or third-party online entities from asking whether the person has or has not received the COVID-19 vaccine or a vaccine to address any variant of COVID-19 as a condition of receiving any service, product, or admission to an event or venue. It would have also banned state, county, and local government, as well as public universities in Arizona from requiring people to disclose whether they have been vaccinated. So that's kind of a, you know, that's what they were trying to do is ban this discrimination. The measure failed 16 to 13 uh, and the vote uh, in the Senate, and that was very disappointing. Uh, the bill fails at a time when vaccine passports have become a flashpoint as the U.S. pushes ahead with its vaccination efforts. Uh, several uh, GOP-led states have already banned so-called vaccine passports, arguing that they infringe on a person's individual right not to get vaccinated. So Iowa legislature passed a bill earlier this month. Uh, Florida Governor DeSantis and Texas Governor Abbott have both signed executive orders banning uh, vaccine passports. In Ohio, we've put forward House Bill 248, which we're pushing that would, you know, is a, is a bill that would not allow them to, to have uh, passports for vaccines. And Arizona's Doug Ducey signed an executive order banning state and local government from requiring proof of vaccinations. So the fight continues, okay? And and we, and we have to win this fight because it's really it, once they can force you to do this against your will when there's no threat, folks. I mean, look at this in Texas. They had no COVID deaths, no COVID deaths this month or this week. Now, I'm telling you, probably 35 percent of the people in Texas haven't been vaccinated. And yet there's no COVID deaths. Well, why? Well, because a lot of people have already had it. And I talked to you last week about the real prejudice here is against antibodies. If you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, you'll see the thing that says that, you know, the, C the, NA the, the National Institute of Health has said that if you had COVID-19, the China virus, and you got over it, even if you're asymptomatic, you have antibodies that are as good or better than the vaccine. So why aren't they giving you serology tests? Okay, S-E-R-O-L-O-G-Y is called, where they test for antibodies. 
So I told you I was going to look into this. I called around and I could get a serology test at a CVS. They have a thing called Minute Clinics, which is pretty cool. And I made an appointment and I went in to get checked because I, I felt that I had COVID, but it was a long time ago. It was like 10 months ago, last July. And so I went in, it cost $38 and I got an antibody test and it turned out negative. So I don't have the antibodies. So now there's, you know, the question is going to be, am I going to get, you know, the vaccine? I don't want to get the vaccine. I, I feel like I'm healthy enough, even though I've just had major heart surgery. Okay. I feel that my immune system is strong enough that if I got it, I would be able to fight it off and I don't need a vaccine and the vaccines worry me and they worry a lot of you. I know, but, but why aren't we? giving people the free antibody tests because that's why the deaths are way down. And so if you don't get vaccinated and lots of people have had the virus and have antibodies and a lot of other people have gotten the vaccine, well, where are you going to get the virus from? Because the whole deal behind herd immunity is is having hosts that the, the virus can live in and then go from person to person. And if you, you break that chain when more, so many people have the vaccine or have antibodies already, the virus dies. That's what's happening, folks. So why do you have to force me to get a vaccine? The answer is you don't have to and you shouldn't have to. Okay. And I did, a, you know, I did a couple stories on the website that were really good. Uh, this week that you know you guys really responded to. One was uh, MIT study says that uh, these people know the science. And that was a really cool article because it was a study done by MIT of social media and postings by people who were skeptical of masks and skeptical of vaccines. And what MIT found out was that we, the people who are questioning this, our questioning is based on real science. We go to the base level data to make our decisions. And that all the lefties and all the people are scared to death, they're not following any science or data. They're literally just doing what they're told. And so we know the science. We, the people who do our research, we know what's going on and we're making good decisions. Okay. There was also a, a thing that, that I put out that, you know, that we just got to stop this. And that is the CDC now says the chance of getting COVID from a surface is less than one in 10,000. All the surface cleaning was a waste of time and money and based on zero science. And yet, what do I see? I see restaurants and everybody's still washing everything down, cleaning everything they got to clean. It's, it doesn't do anything. It's a waste of money. Yeah, the people selling cleaning products love it, right? But the CDC just said the test, they actually tested it. And the virus can't live on surfaces. Stop it. Yeah, it's okay to wash your hands because the virus can be transmitted through, through contact like that. But, but you don't have to clean every surface in your house. And as some of the scientists said that, you know, that we're on from Stanford University way early in this thing, almost a year ago, they were saying that by cleaning all these surfaces, you're hurting yourself because your body's not getting more immunity from the environment around you because you're killing every germ known to man or known to science, known to nature, including the virus. Stop it. Don't believe the lies. Quit, you know, having your behavior modified. All right. So we're going to take a little break here. 
And I'm going to play, I know a lot of you have heard of this, uh, but there's a, a group out there that has uh, put together some commercials that are attacking the people who, um, you know, have been, been attacking us. So Coca-Cola, uh, American Airlines, Nike, the people are running these woke commercials, uh, these, you know, coming out against the Georgia election laws and, and, you know, trying to modify our behavior by threatening us. Well, they've come out with these commercials that tell you about these companies. And I'm going to play for you one for you right now while we take a short break. You're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion uh, podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski. Coca-Cola is getting political, attacking Georgia's popular voting law. Why? To distract from years of dismal sales, terrible 2020 results, reports suspecting they benefited from forced labor in China. Coca-Cola products are poisoning America's youth and worsening the obesity epidemic. So the company tried funding phony science to minimize the harms, but they got busted. James Quincy, Coca-Cola. Stop poisoning our children. Serve your customers, not woke politicians. All right, and we're back, and that was a great commercial. And if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, you can see uh, the uh, there's uh, this image that I'm showing on the screen right now under the video section. It, it says woke corporations, and I've put all three of the videos that they've got, the Coke one, the Nike one, and the American Airlines one. So you can see all of those at wethepeopleconvention.org. And we're sure glad that this group is, is spending the money to go out and and, you know, Expose these companies because they're all doing it to deflect from what they're doing. Like that Coca-Cola ad talked about the obesity problem, right? Remember, let me real scroll you back a couple shows where we talked about the average millennial in, in the United States over the COVID year gained uh, 41 pounds. That obesity is one of the main comorbidities that killed people in COVID. And Coca-Cola is responsible for a lot of the young people in our nation being overweight. Go look at the calories and the sugar in a bottle of Coca-Cola. So they're trying to deflect from their responsibility by trying to attack you, and now we're attacking them. Don't buy Coke products. Don't fly on American Airlines, and don't buy Nike products, and they're going to come out with some other ads and, and we just have to speak with our own economic power. That's what we have to do, okay? All right, so now, we've been fighting the fight, and, and I congratulate all of you for, you know, if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, right on the front page, there's four buttons. One says, get off of social media. One says, here's our podcast. One says, donate. And one says, you know, uh, stop, you know, the, uh, you know, take back our schools. And if you go there, You'll see the you know, anti-American propaganda in your schools, the 1619 Project. And, you know, you guys are writing to me and you're finding out. And we had the story a couple of weeks ago that in Ohio, we made robocalls into communities where there were schools that were teaching critical race theory and we defeated their levies. We withheld money from them. We attacked them. Okay. And, and we're continuing to do that. And you're seeing story after story. We're not losing this fight, folks. We're winning this fight. Here's an example. 20 states are opposing uh, taxpayer funding for critical race theory. Uh, critical race theory is nothing more than ideology, ideology posing as history, Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost said. Uh, uh, Yost has joined 20 states 
fighting against the proposal that has been issued by the U.S. Department of Education that attorney generals say will force critical race theory into American schools. We need to learn from the real evils of slavery and racism, but these proposals will only create more misunderstanding, Yo said. Critical race theory is nothing more than ideology posing as history, and we should not confuse the two. Yost and the other attorney generals sent an eight-page letter Wednesday to the U.S. Department of Education, urging the department, now under the leadership of Miguel Cardona, to either drop the proposal or at least make clear federal tax money can't be used to fund projects that are based on critical race theory, including any projects that characterize the United States as irredeemably racist or founded on principles of racism opposed to principles of equality, or that purport to ascribe character traits, values, privileges, status, or beliefs, or that assign fault, blame, or bias to a particular race or to an individual because of his or her race. That's a big step. 20 states. That's not all of them. There's 30 states that aren't doing this, but it's a start. We're doing things. We're fighting back. And that's that's absolutely important. Okay? And so why is this necessary? Well, because the Biden administration wants the 1619 Project force-fed to U.S. school children, but their author of the 1619 Project, she, she is supporter of Stalinist Cuba's education system. Listen to this story, okay? Um, radical ideas like those from professional uh, Ibram Kendi, the big kahuna of critical race theory, which buys education environment and wants to force-feed our school children, uh, in order to truly be anarchist, excuse me, by truly anti-racist, Freudian slip on my part, they want to be anarchists. Uh, in order to truly be an- anti-racist, you also have to be truly anti-capitalist. The origins of racism cannot be separated from the origins of capitalism, say the Marxists. The re- origins of capitalism cannot be separated from the origins of ra- uh, of racism. So there you go. Uh, and as for uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones, the author of New York Times 1619 Project, she believes what Mitch McConnell and others like him want is for our children to get propagandistic, nationalistic understanding of history that is not about facts. Well, her whole 1619 Project's been debunked. Go to our website, okay? Click on that on that image I just showed you and the 1619 Project, and you'll see all the stories. It's all garbage. It's made up. She even admits there's stuff wrong in, in her in her 1619 project. But she, you know, uh, this is what her saying. Hannah Nicole uh, Jones, she said, education is the cornerstone of the Cuban revolution. Nearly everywhere among the magnificent Havana architecture, signs speak of equality and liberation through education, said a euphoric Nicole Hannah Jones after um, she went to the Stalinist Cuba. In the summer of 2008, she traveled to Cuba with six journalists documenting the experiences of African dysphoria in the Western Hemisphere for the Institute of Advanced Journalism Studies in North Carolina. While there, she said, I found a Cuba you may not know, a Cuba with a 99.8% literacy rate, the lowest HIV infection rate in the Western Hemisphere, free college and free health care. When Castro took power, fewer than one quarter of Cubans were literate. Many uh, couldn't afford school. One of Castro's first acts was universal education. Universal's universal health care system is seen by many as a world model. That's what she believes. That's what she just said, right? Fact checked. When Castro took power, which was barely 50 years after a devastating war of independence that Cuba cost Cuba almost a fifth of her population, Cuba boasted almost 80% literacy and budgeted the most, 23% of national expenses for public education of any Latin American country. So she's saying 
is an absolute lie, okay? And then fact check number two. In 1958, Cuba had a higher standard of living than Ireland and Australia. Austria, almost double Spain's and Japan's per capita income. More doctors and dentists per capita than Britain and lower infant mortality than France and Germany, the 13th lowest in the world. Today, Cuba's infant mortality rate, despite the hemisphere's highest abortion rate, which fably skews the figure, is much lower from the top. So relative to the rest of the world, Cuba's healthcare has worsened under Castro, and the nation was a formerly a massive influx of European immigrants, now needs machine guns, water guns, and tiger sharks to keep its people from fleeing. Okay? She's totally a liar. All right? And yet the Biden administration wants to force what this liar is telling people into your kids. And so this is a great story this week that you didn't hear about. UNC resends tenure offer to 1619 Project author Nicole Hannah-Jones. The New York Times writer and author of the device of 1619 Project has lost her tenure offer at the University of North Carolina Hussman School of Journalism and Media following backlash over her unfactual and biased work. The University of North Carolina is backing down from authorizing Hannah Jones a tenured position at its journalism school and will instead offer her a, a five-year contract that's not tenured. The change in plans comes three weeks after it was announced Hannah Jones would have a tenured position at the university. Now the 1619 Project founder will begin a term as a professor of practice starting July 1st. It's disappointing, said Susan Cain, dean of UNC's Hudson School of Journalism and Media. It's not what we wanted. I'm afraid it will have a chilling effect. On The View, they talked about how this is racism, that she was denied a tenured position in the history department at the University of North Carolina, okay, because we're racist, when in fact she was denied because what I just showed you, She's a liar and a fraud, and the, the great her great work of history, the 1619 Project, is false. United America did not start when slaves first came here. It started in 1776. She's a liar and a fraud. And even the most liberal place, the University of North Carolina, you can't get more lib and woke than them, denied her tenure. That's a big win for us, folks. And, and you should take that as a win, a sign that there is hope that things are going in our direction. Here's another sign. House, U.S. hope, House Republicans aim to stamp out critical race theory in medical, medical, in military training. Some Republican lawmakers concerned about critical race theory being introduced in the U.S. military are seeking to amend the defense spending bill in a bid to stamp out the promotion and teaching of perceived leftist bias. My Republican colleagues and I hear regularly from active duty and retired service members that even holding conservative values is now enough to endanger a service member's military career, said Representative Mike Rogers from Alabama, the ranking member of the House Armed Services Committee. Rogers said in a statement the issue needs to be addressed in the 2021 National Defense uh, Authorization Act, which typically garners bipartisan support. In the Senate, Tom Cotton, senator from Arkansas, suggested that Republicans may have to hold up the NDAA spending to ban training that involves critical race theory within the military. The Cleary claims that the United States is a fundamentally racist country, while also puzzling that there is a quasi-Marxist power struggle between oppressors and oppressed based on skin color, according to critics of CRT. Well, this week, we had this, this bishop guy who's in the Defense Department you know, attacking Trump supporters in the military. 
attacked saying that we're going to be looking at your social media, that we're going to try to impose Marxist theory in the U.S. military. That's insane. we got to stop this. And, and, and I'm, I'm telling you, I want you to call. Again, we, we act on this podcast. We do things. I'm asking you to call your House members and your Senate members, and I want you to tell them that as a taxpayer, as one of their the people they represent, that you want critical race theory killed in the National Defense Authorization Act. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care if they have to filibuster it. I don't care how much screaming bloody murder the left who hates our military will say about the, the Republicans are, and the conservatives hate our military. They won't give them the money they need. They're holding this up. Boulder dash. It's garbage. This cannot stand. You cannot have the U.S. military teaching our officers and our enlisted men that they must hate America and that the white people are bad. You can't have it. You got to stop it. You got to make the call I'm asking you to make. Call your House member and your senators this week. Write to them and say you must make sure that critical race theory cannot be taught. No materials can exist. It must be stamped out of our military or they get no money. And you know what? For good, for good measure, put in there that that bishop guy needs to be fired, that he needs to be purged because that is what needs to happen. We've got enough votes. They have to do what we want. Don't listen to the media and tell your representatives. Don't listen to the media. Listen to your voters, baby, because if you're going to get reelected in 2022, they need you, not the New York Times or the Washington Post. Stand up and fight for our freedom and our liberty and for our men in the military, women in the military, and get this insanity stopped once and for all. I think it's a great idea they're starting to do that. And I think and I, I, before we take another break, I want to remind you, that letter that came out from 120 of uh, retired admirals and generals that said our nation is in deep peril. We are in a fight for our survival as a constitutional republic like no other. And it's like no other time since our founding in, 19, in 1776, wrote the, the prominent group of 124 retired generals and admirals. This story is on our website. The media did not want to cover it. There was an interview with Laura Logan and Glenn Beck this week, and I tried to grab it. I couldn't find it again to show you. But Laura Logan said, I know these generals and admirals. They're not fooling around. They mean what they say. Our, our country is in peril, and they are planning to act. And I'm telling you, folks, there's more to our resistance than you even know. We just need to keep fighting and not believe in the propaganda that, you know, our house and our hair is on fire and you should just run around like a crazy person. Keep your perspective. Keep your poise. Fight the fight that's in front of you every day. Win the hand-to-hand -hand combat battles. Stand up against wokeism and leftism. Don't buy the products from the people that hate you and hate America. Don't watch your TV shows. Don't go to the movies and watch their movies. Hurt them. Make them bend to your will. Don't bend to their will. All right. I'm going to take a short break. Just need to catch my breath here a little bit. We'll be back 
In a minute, you're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast, and my name is Tom Zawistowski. The We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. All right. Uh, We thank any of you who have the ability and the means to, to donate. Please do so. But again, we also know that everyone can't do that. And we appreciate all of you who just share this podcast, tell others about it, and who act on what we ask you to act on, to defend your individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity. That's what I just asked you to do, to help these these Republicans who have the right idea. We're going to stop the National Defense Authorization Act until you make sure that critical race theory does not exist in our military. We must give them the public support to stand on that until hell freezes over. That's what the damn Democrats do. That's the socialists and communists do. They don't care what the media says. They don't care what their voters say. They're just going to impose their will. And too often, Republicans give in. We can't be weak-kneed. we got to be strong. Your calls and emails will make them strong. Okay? Let's fight the fight. All right, I just want to give you a couple more reminders. I've been talking about Liberty Camp for Kids. I heard from uh, some of the people running the camps that tickets are going really well. If you want to send your kids to Liberty Camp for Kids in Portage County, it's July 19th through the 23rd. It costs $30. It's a day camp from 9 until noon, and you go to libertycampforkids.com. And also, if you want to volunteer to help put on the camp, if you want to just be a group leader where you just walk the kids around from station to station or just help set up or take down, it takes a lot of people to do that. Go to libertycampforkids.com and, and you can contact them with the email address there and, and, and volunteer to help put on the camp. But the rest of you, if you want your children or grandchildren to go, please go to libertycampforkids.com and do that. We also have two other camps, uh, one in Lake County, which is right uh, just you know due east of Cleveland, and that's on July 12th to the 16th. And, and we have another one in Geauga County, which is south of Lake County, and that's July 26th to the 30th. And so if you want to go to those camps, go to libertycampusa.com. I heard from uh, their director uh, just this uh, other day. We were at an event together. She said the Lake County camp is almost sold out, and the Geauga camp's got good number of people signing up. You still have time. Go to libertycampusa.com to go to either of those camps in Lake or Geauga County. And again, as I said to those of you listening around the country, if you're interested in putting on a Liberty Camp for Kids in your community next year, come take a little vacation. Come to Ohio. Attend the camp. See what it's like. You'll be stunned. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. The kids love it. They cry when it's over. They don't want to go home. We had to create... This is the honest God truth. We had to create a, 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 another uh, group of people to help us because the kids, it's from first to sixth graders, they would graduate and, and they would want to keep coming to camp. So we made helpers out of them and they come and help in the camp. The kids love it because they're experiencing the founding of America. They're, they're meeting George Washington and, and John Adams and, and, and they're, 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 they're living the life of a child in that time, because we do it at the historical societies that are in great locations. I'm just telling you, 
You want to have a great experience? Come to see Liberty Camp for Kids. It's awesome. All right. Now, on to important business. We've all been watching the audit of the election in Arizona and Maricopa County. It's been unbelievably difficult. The left has been doing everything they can to interfere with this audit because they cheated. They know they cheated and they know we're going to catch them. So this week we had a hearing because the, you know, they, they are refusing to turn over the passwords to the, the, the uh, machines. Okay. For the Dominion voting machines. And there was some information deleted. And so when they were doing the initial audit, they got some of the, the, the computers and the whole voter directory, the election database was deleted. Now, the Maricopa County officials said it wasn't deleted. You're just incompetent. You don't know where to look. Well, the auditor, you know, the forensic auditor helping to conduct the audit of the 2020 election machines in Arizona, uh, you know, disputed the claims. He backtracked on the allegation that files were deleted. He said, my testimony on May 19th, this is from Ben Cotton, founder of Cypher, uh, which is one of the firms doing the audit. Uh, he said, my testimony on May 19th before the Arizona Senate is being taken out of context by some media outlets to confirm the database directory of the EMS primary server was deleted and it contained the voting databases. I was able to recover deleted databases through forensic data recovery processes, Ben Cotton, founder of Cypher, said in a statement emailed to the Epoch Times by the auditor's liaison. Some reports, including articles by the Associated Press and CNN, allege that the editor backtracked and reversed his allegations and said they had never been de deleted at all. Cotton said in examining the machines, he discovered a master file table that clearly indicated that the database directory was deleted from that server. Subsequently, I have been able to recover all those deleted files and I have access to that data. I have the information I need from the recovery efforts of the data. So he didn't backtrack. So we've got the data of the voter files. We don't have the Dominion uh, passwords. And that's the other part of this whole story that's just insane. That the Maricopa County authorities are saying they never had the passwords to the voting machines. That only Dominion had them. What, are you kidding me? They're your vendor. You're responsible for this election. What do you mean you don't have the passwords? Well, those passwords are covered by the subpoena that the, the courts in Arizona said the Senate has the right to that. And we're going to see what happens with Dominion. But those machines, we should get those passwords. But I'm telling you right now, this is continuing. And every indication is that they're finding tens of thousands of illegal votes. And that's what's going to be exposed here. And it is critical that we find the fraud. I said that to you after January 6th. I said it to you after January 20th. Our number one job is to do what we've done forever, and that is prove our accusations. We were right about Fast and Furious. We were right about uh, Benghazi. We were right about Hillary Clinton's de destroying emails. We were right about the IRS targeting of the Tea Party. I was a lead plaintiff in that. We proved it in court. They did it. We were right about Russia, Russia. We're right about this. This is a stolen election. Biden and Harris are, are illegitimate. We're going to prove that. And then we're going to use that to throw them out of office. Okay? But we still got to find the fraud. And this is why it's so important, Maricopa County. 
And so thank God for those people and do everything you can to support them. But that's not the only place where things are going on. There's things going on in Michigan and Pennsylvania and New Hampshire, okay? And, and here's a big news in Georgia. Georgia judge calls for forensic audit of the Fulton County ballots after large discrepancies found in the ballot batches. Uh, let's see. Henry County, Georgia judge Brian Amiro ordered Fulton County ballots unsealed in a hearing on Friday. He granted a motion to unseal the ballots that will allow uh, the Fulton County employees themselves to scan the ballots at a 600 DPI uncompressed resolution to give to the Virginia, Georgia, the voter Georgia forensic experts presenting uh, during the, who are investigating the voter fraud. So that's great news that they're going to get high quality copies of the ballots and, and, and an ongoing hearing. Uh, let's see where we're going. They're saying that in the hearing, lawyers for voter Georgia org described large discrepancies, 21% between the number of ballot batches reported to the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, who certified the election, and the number of ballots batches actually provo- provided by court-ordered access in previous April hearing in the case. So they are, they are trying to prove that the number of ballots certified don't exist. They're missing 21% of their ballots. Again, Trump and the Senate candidates only lost Georgia by a few thousand votes. Again, they're illegitimate, but we have to prove it. So hats off to Georgia for continuing that fight. And again, I showed this to you and I sent this out in a text and an email. On our webpage, there's a page and there's a button that says, you know, check, find the voter fraud from all over the country. It says, here's the evidence from all over the country. If you go to this page that I'm showing on the screen right now, you get, we update it every day with every story that's going on. There's lots going on, and you need to know about that because all the people you know who say, oh, Biden's a legitimate president, you need the evidence to show him, no, he's not. And then when, when we finally get to smoking guns, when we actually have the ballots in hand, you can bet the left and the media are going to say, oh, these are, you know, these are illegitimate recasts. These audits weren't right. We don't care what they say. We're going to have the proof we need to get the vote out we need to change election laws and make sure the vote is real in 2022. And then we're going to kick their butts. That's what we're going to do. So you go to this website, you know, every week, once a week, and find out what's going on with voter fraud around the country. Okay. Now, another big story. I'm going to take some time with this because it's important. Trump organization now subject to criminal investigation in New York, state attorney, she the state attorney general tells CNN. Now, there's a lot of misinformation about this, and I'm going to give you some very important information now. So you might want to get a pen and a pad to write some of this down. Uh, I'll try to post this one article I'm going to read extensively from. But now let me just give you the left-wing view of this, okay? Donald Trump's longtime chief financial officer, Alan Weaselberg, uh, it's got his name, W-E-I-S-S-E-L-B-R-G, faces escalating legal jeopardy on multiple fronts over questionable financial activity linked to the former president and the Trump organization. That's the narrative, okay? Weaselberg is reportedly the subject of criminal tax probe by the New York Attorney General and an overlapping inquiry by the Manhattan District Attorney, whose office began coordinating efforts. The investigative pace seems to have quickened in recent months. Many details remain unknown. Oh, yeah, I bet. 
including the breadth of Weaselberg's potential wrongdoing and the possible evidence he could give to prosecutors on Trump and his business dealings. Okay? And, they, and why are the investigators looking into Weaselberg? In a word, Trump. He was Trump's right-hand man. He filed all his tax returns. He's the guy they're going to try to get to provide, right, evidence that Trump's a crook. Folks, this is BS. This is nothing you should be worried about. This is Russia, Russia, Russia. This is all smoke and mirrors. There's nothing there. And this gentleman that I'm going to read from you, Jonathan Mosley. I don't know who Jonathan Mosley is. He wrote this uh, in American Thinker, okay? And his headline, this is May 22nd. The headline is, Can New York Arrest Donald Trump? And he says, Leftists are fantasizing about Donald Trump being arrested, booked, and put on trial. Well, they are fantasizing about it again. The New York Attorney General investigation of the Trump Organization is now, quote, no longer purely civil in nature. Fabian Levy, the spokesman for New York Attorney General Latita James, confirmed to Politico by email. We are now actively investigating the Trump Organization in a criminal capacity along with the Manhattan DA. We have no additional comments at this time. It is important for political observers, cowardly lion Republicans, patriots and activists to know what is happening here. Leftists are so enthusiastic about Trump's imminent arrest that the government of Palm Beach County is making plans to arrest the former president at his Mar-a-Lago resort in high Saudi Palm Beach, according to Politico. Okay? Do sensible people really think that local county officials can make this arrest? If New York State issued an indictment arresting Trump, it would require opening a case in Florida with its governor, Ron DeSantis, executing the indictment through the state police. The Palm Beach County government would not be involved at all. And, and so th- this is all just smoke and mirrors. So as a criminal defense attorney in Virginia, this is this guy uh, who wrote the article. His name is Jonathan Mosley, M-O-S-E-L-E-Y. As a criminal defense and constitutional attorney in Virginia and the federal court in the District of Columbia, I analyzed this in-depth with criminal defense consultant Norm Bradford for Thursday's discussion on Action Radio. I passed the New York State Bar uh, out of law school, although I did not end up practicing there. Here are the key points from that discussion. First, New York is investigating the Trump Trump organization. It's a business. It's not Donald Trump, the individual. Companies can be charged with crimes. Therefore, is Donald Trump going to be arrested? The answer is no. Second, What does it mean that the investigation is now a criminal probe? Answer, nothing. At most, it means that some people from different offices down the hall have been called and asked, well, what do you make of this? It means nothing. Third, will New York's prosecutors indict the Trump organization? Yes. Everything I hear says they're crazy up there and they will do that. New York's legal system was woke before anyone knew the word. Because it's New York, where the grand jury and the trial jury are drawn from mostly Democratic voters, and the prosecutors and judges are all soaked in just one political party, it's likely that they will indict Trump administration, excuse me, the Trump organization. Trump organization. No one can stop them from doing that. But fourth, is the indictment dangerous? Probably not. There will be a trial that the prosecutors will lose at the end, which may be a year or two down the road. Fifth, does it matter? No. Three words, statute of limitations. The statute of limitations are one of the very few defenses that are objective and non-discretionary. A judge has no choice. 
Once the statute of limitations is invoked, the entire project comes to a screeching halt. Anything the New York AG is investigating expired years or decades ago. The statute of limitations is three to six years under New York state law, depending on what kind of crime is alleged. The rumor we have heard involves events in the 1990s. Although Trump did not set up a blind trust, in the summer of 2015, Trump turned the Trump organization over to his children to run them. So it has been almost six years now since Donald Trump even ran the Trump organization. His children may want to review their actions, but what the left wants is the former president in handcuffs. Expect more, expect more screaming at the sky as leftists' unrealistic hopes are dashed once again. Six, could Trump's lawyers screw this up? Yes. Everyone, everything here assumes that Trump lawyers respond effectively. Trump lawyers should have the motion to quash any indictments already written and in their briefcases. Anywhere they are in New York or the country, they should be able to file a motion to quash within an hour before there is time for Democrats to spin up talks about arresting him. Seventh, unlike Obama's Treasury Secretary Timothy Gunther, Trump does not do his own taxes. If anything was amiss, the fault lies with attorneys, accountants, real estate appraisers, financial advisors, etc., because it is their job to tell Trump and the Trump organization what can and cannot be done. They would be the ones at fault. Even if Trump said to do it, it is their actual legal responsibility to say, no, you may not do that. Eighth, did Trump administration, did the Trump organization do anything wrong? The answer is no, because they couldn't have done anything wrong. They, they, if they filed it and it was wrong, they would have heard about it and they would have corrected it. So I wanted to take the time to read that to you so you could see how this is Russia, Russia, Russia all over again. This is all about Donald Trump running in 2024. There's nothing to this. This is all garbage. But you watch the media, and if you're, if you're listening, even to Fox News, they're telling you, oh, Trump's going to be arrested. They're going to put him in jail. Oh, baby. Garbage. Don't buy the lies. You know what this is all really about? This is what it's all about. Dems will flip over a new poll with great news from Trump, not so much for Kamala. This is what this is about. Listen, this, there's a new survey out about 2024, and it was great news for President Donald Trump. Even after being shut down on social media and having his primary avenue of communications, Twitter, cut off, turns out that the Republican base still wants Trump to run for president again. According to New McLaughlin Associates survey, 73% of the base wants Trump to run again in 2020. Even more would vote for him if he did run, with 83% saying they would do so. That's what this thing in Manhattan is about. That's what all the rest of this is about. Even more would vote for him if he did run. They are also some pretty big numbers, and it's clear that it means that the base hasn't moved on Trump, on from Trump. So how do you, uh, how do other possible 2020 primary candidates stack up against him? No one is even close. He completely stomps every other possibility at 57%. The person in second is perhaps surprising. It's Vice President Mike Pence at 10%. Florida Governor DeSantis, who seems to be his second name in other polls, he's at 8%. Nikki Haley was at 5%. Everyone else was lower. Meanwhile, what about the Democrats in 2024? 64% thought that Biden was not likely to serve out his term. 64%. 
Even 51% of Biden voters thought that. What doesn't look great for Biden, although Biden has suggested he would try likely to he would likely try to run again. Keep that in mind. The polls ask how a Democrat 24, uh, 2024 primary would stack up without Biden. Kamala Harris led with 35%, Michelle Obama at 16, OAC at 7, and Pete Buttigieg at 6. But perhaps the thing that is going to cause the Democrats to have a complete meltdown is a projected race between Trump and Kamala Harris. According to the survey, Trump would trounce Harris 49 to 45. That's what this is all about. Okay? And that's why Mitch McConnell came out about this other Russia, Russia thing where Nancy Pelosi wants to have a January 6th commission like the 9-11 commission to study, don't you know, what happened on January 6th. And just like Russia, Russia, it would be totally stacked with anti-Trumpers and people who don't know what the hell they're talking about. Don't know what they're talking about. Okay? And so Mitch McConnell came out and said, no, we're not going to do this in the Senate, which was the right decision. Because all it is is a, a platform to beat up Republicans. So why were Republicans before that? Well, you know what? 35 House Republicans voted to, for Nancy Pelosi to have this commission. How stupid can they be? Two of them are from Ohio. Gonzalez, who also voted to impeach Trump, who's dead man walking, and Dave Joyce, who's from the district right next to him in Northeast Ohio, who's just an anti-Trumper. And so we're going to see what happens to Dave Joyce. I, I'm not going to give you a list of the 35. You can find out who they are in your state, okay? Most of them are in California and New York. They're in places where the Democrats hold control, okay? But here's how stupid they are. Get this. Tim Ryan and former Speaker John Boehner are actually holding fundraisers for these people. Former House Speaker Paul Ryan previously held a fundraising event for Liz Cheney in March 21. Former House Speaker John Boehner previously held a fundraising event for Ohio Rep. Anthony Gonzalez. And now Paul Ryan announced he will host fundraising events for Illinois Representative Adam Kilzinger, who also voted to impeach Trump. That's how dumb these people are, right? That's how dumb they are. So you know what Trump's doing? Yeah. Trump avails states where he hosts rallies. President Donald Trump unveiled the states where he'll be hosting his much-anticipated campaign-style rallies amid speculation that he will seek re-election in 2024. Trump will hold one America, told One America News he will host four rallies very shortly in the swing states of Florida, Ohio, Georgia, and North Carolina. Relatively soon, we'll be doing one in Florida. We're going to do one in Ohio. We're going to do one in Georgia. We're going to do one in North Carolina, said the former president, according to the New York Post. Folks, we got to pack those. We got to make it just like when he was running because we need to make it clear that we haven't gone anywhere, that these people in office are illegitimate, and that when he runs, he's going to win bigger than ever, bigger than he did in 2020, right? Which was probably by about 10 million votes. That's what we got to do. It's very exciting what they're doing, okay? Now, you know, this is all kind of, you know, tied up in an email that was leaked out that talked about what happened in 2020. Leaked email shows how GOP leaders botched the election operation for Trump in key battleground states. 
And this is not a surprise to many of you. We've talked about it before, but I thought there was some interesting details in this. So I just want to share this with you as we're wrapping up the show. We've got a couple quick more things and then we'll be done. It says, in the aftermath of the 2020 presidential election farce, the majority of Republican officials had been desperate to quash legitimate investigations and perpetrate the ruse that no severe irregularities occurred in the battleground states. According to emails leaked to big league politics, the reason behind the Republican cover-up may be due to the extreme levels of incompetence and failure exerted by the GOP establishment. Big league politics obtained the correspondence from January 22nd, in which one exasperated attorney described how the state of Michigan was woefully unprepared for election fraud that was plotted in the open many months in advance. Quote, sure, the Democrats lied and cheated to win, but the truth is that they outsmarted us. They set the table in the courts before the election so they could do what they do so well. We got played. We now know what is coming next time, the lawyer stated. Instead of us organizing a few weeks before 2020, we need to start now. No kidding. The attorney outlined how the Michigan Republican Party and their big money attorneys dropped the ball on everything from election day operations to the fight for accountability after robbery had occurred. The effort in Detroit smacked of last-minute preparations or no preparation at all. People arrived and were offered no direction. There was no set of guidelines on election law. I pressed to get a copy of Michigan Secretary of State guidelines, but we had no copier at the office. I had 60 copies made at my hotel and gave them out. From day to day, we had little idea what to do. Making calls to voters is a great idea, but did we really need to fly lawyers in from all over the United States to call voters? They could have done that with anyone. It was a waste of talent and money. The bottom line is the Republican Party in the states did not protect the election. You and I are working. We are involved and engaged with the Republican Party in our states because we're not going to let this happen again. We're going to work the polls like we did in Ohio. Remember, Trump won Ohio by 8.2% because we, the people, manned all the polls. We were like this to Secretary of State. We made sure that none of this absentee voting nonsense was done. We counted the absentee ballots first in Ohio and then the walk-up votes that day so they couldn't say, how many votes do we need and manufacture them? We're going to put those rules in. First, we've got to defeat H.R. 1, right? That's in the Senate, and we've got to stop this you know, nationalization of the voter process. I think the Republicans got that, but in case they don't, call your House member and senator and say to senators, you can't let H.R. 1 pass. It's the destruction of America, okay? That's the bill where they want to have a national voter registration database. They want ballot harvesting. They want no ID. They want none of this stuff. It's horrible. Make sure your senator knows where you stand, and if they have to filibuster, shut down the government, whatever it takes, they cannot let that pass. But remember, it was their incompetence that cost us this election. We, you and I didn't do anything wrong. We did everything we could do and more. Now we got to do even more to make sure that the incompetence doesn't continue. Okay, now a couple quick hitters here and then we'll wrap it up. Big news out of uh, Mississippi. Uh, the Supreme Court has agreed to take a, a, an abortion bill out of Mississippi that the left is just going crazy about because they uh, are afraid it's going to overturn Roe versus Wade. Uh, we'll see. We'll see about, you know, uh, how the supposed conservative justices that Trump appointed, how they act on this. But that probably will not be ruled on in June. It'll probably be ruled on like in the fall. So, but the left is going crazy. 
Here's another great story. Um, Oregon County's vote to secede from Idaho. We've talked about this before, and I think it's really a great story um, that the, these, these, uh, these counties in, in Oregon who just can't, you know, uh, Portland and, and the, the, the leftist cities, you know, just dominate the, the, their politics. And so five counties approved measures telling officials to take steps to change the border so they can join Idaho. Now, it's a long shot because you have to get like the legislature in Oregon has to agree to it. The legislature in Idaho has to agree to it. And then you got to even get federal legislation to let you, you know, switch to a different state. But I think it's great to make the point to show how disgusted you are, how separate you are. And again, I love the left because they always tell us about being intolerant and how they love everybody and they're going to take care of everybody, right? But here's a minority. These are farmers. These are the minority of people in, in Idaho, in, uh, excuse me, in Oregon. And what do they do? They persecute them. They don't give a damn about them because they can't use them politically. That just shows you what hypocrites the left are. They always talk about how they're helping the little guy and stuff. Here's the proof. They're not. The little guy wants to leave them. Here's another great story. Because again, you don't hear it. You always think you're losing. The media's job is not to tell you the truth. Their job is to sensationalize the propaganda to make you believe what's not true. And what do they always tell you? Oh, you know, if you pass laws against transgenders, we're going to shut you down, right? Just like they did in North Carolina. You know, and, and the baseball took away the all-star game from Georgia because of election law. Well, here's a story they didn't tell you. This is in Breitbart, but nobody else covered it that I knew of. NCAA caves will allow states who place restriction on transgender athletes to host events. This is a big deal, folks. The NCAA made loud proclamations in April that it could pull events from states with limits on transgender athletes. Still, now the college sports government already has caved and will allow tournaments in states including Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas, despite their laws restricting trans athletes. The NCAA sided with transgender athletes only last month, saying they may cancel events in states that aren't, aren't free of discrimination against transgender athletes. What about discrimination against female athletes? Well, guess what? The NCAA Board of Governors made its announcements as more than two dozen states proposed debated advanced legislation aimed at requiring state schools to ensure that athletes compete only in the category of their birth gender. How about their chromosomes? How about their DNA? Birth gender. Guess what? Just like we talked about the colleges, if they say you got to get vaccinated, don't go. They will change. Guess what? The NCA needs people to host their events. If enough states pass these laws, they can't put on their events. They don't run the show. We do. They're not in charge. We are. We, the people, are governed at our consent. Don't forget that. This is your proof. We won. We beat them back. Now let's pass more laws because it's stupid to let men. And I don't know if you heard this bloody story, but a male golfer just won the female golf championship for college golf and wants to now play on the women's pro tour. Now, this guy played on the men's college golf team. And again, if you want to know, there's is there any difference between men and women? Yeah, this schlep was playing on a man's golf team and was a nobody and didn't win anything. So he's, he's, a, he's a minor athlete 
in golf as a male, he now goes to compete on the female golf circuit and wins the championship. That's the difference between men and women because he's got a bigger body, stronger body. It's unfair, you idiots. And yet the NCAA let this clown, this imposter, compete against those women. And now the LPGA's got to make a decision. Wake the hell up, you're ignorant fools. You woke as a joke. Anybody that's involved with the women's golf and, and, and the LPGA, give them a call. Let them know how you feel because this is just ridiculous. But we won this round, and we're going to keep winning. We will drive transgenderism as a mental illness. Anyone that thinks they are of different gender has gender dysphoria. It's been studied for decades. You know, go to Johns Hopkins University. They wrote the book on it. And we are mistreating mentally ill people by playing along with their delusional fantasy that they're a different gender. We need to stop it. That's a sign of a sick society that takes advantage of people who are mentally ill, that have a problem, and children. That's what we're doing. We need to stop it. You and I need to stop it. We need to stop it. Not Donald Trump, not Mitch McConnell, not your congressman. We need to stop it, right? That's what we do. All right, been going for quite a while. We're going to wrap it up. I hope you learned some things, you know, in the show that you didn't hear elsewhere. You know, I'm sure glad you joined us. We'll be back again next week. If you've got any story ideas, you've got any comments, uh, send them to me at info at wethepeopleconvention.org. Info at wethepeopleconvention.org. Most importantly, I need you to share this podcast. It, you know, it takes X amount of time and effort for me to produce it. Once it's produced, if a thousand people see it or a hundred thousand people see it, it doesn't cost any more, but it has much more benefit. I need you to share this. Okay. It's really important. Go to wethepeopleconvention.org and right on the front, you'll see the podcast player button. You can, you can watch it on Roku and Amazon Fire TV on your TV. That's what I do on the big screen. You can get it on iTunes. You can get it on a BuzzFeed uh, podcast. But mostly you can watch it on our website and on Rumble, okay? And I'm actually working and getting on DTube. We're also on Rumble, okay? But we do it on our website because it's on our servers and no one can censor us. That's why we do it there. So go to wethepeopleconvention.org and watch the podcast and share it with others. And we really appreciate it. Okay? All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Keep up the fight. Every day, liberty, is, freedom is not free. And, the, and we must fight for our liberty every single day. It never ends until we drive these communists out of our culture, out of our society, and defeat them globally. That's what we got to do. All right. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. This is Tom Zawistowski. You've been watching the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast.